0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.
1: It's time to talk politics. It's hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome back to the program. Kevin Hardwick uh, uh, carrying over, uh, joined now by my uh, co-host for half of the show, uh, Peter Savage, my good friend from the Erie County Legislature. Of course, we're good friends across the aisle. He is a Democrat. I'm a Republican. And we're also joined by Richard Lipsitz, Richard, the president of the Western New York Area Labor Federation. Uh, before I go to Richard, um, uh, Peter, I want to ask you, you're a lawyer uh, you're, you're, you actually have those skills, and maybe you could tell us a little bit about this decision, which we want to quiz Richard about the the, the so-called Janus decision, which has sure. has a lot of implications for what uh, for what uh, Richard does. What who who is Janus?
0: Well, to uh, leave my personal opinions on the case out of it for a little bit. Essentially, um, essentially uh, what the court has done is. Uh, uh, a member of, ASME, of of the By
1: the name of Janice, Mark Janice. Mr.
0: Janice, right? While these cases are, these names that you hear are usually people. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, the court came down on the side that um, it would be a violation of almost essentially forced uh, political speech. Uh, A violation of First Amendment rights to mandate participation participation in the public. And uh,
1: and, and what they had, this was an Illinois case, right? Correct. wasn't an Illinois case. I mean, what they had in Illinois was something similar to what we have here, which was not you have to join the union. It wasn't a closed shop. It was what we refer to as agency shop where, uh, you know, we can't force you to join AFSCME the uh, the public employee union, but you do have to pay us some money to to some dues to cover the cost of your contract. You know, negotiating the contract, not for everything else we do, but you know, kind of reduced dues, right?
0: Correct. And and and, 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 let, and, and let, the
1: court said you can't even man, you know, you can't even mandate that.
0: Essentially, the argument was that since a lot of those and, and part of it, because a lot of the argument was that dues may be used for. Political advocacy, mm-hmm. political support—that it would become a First Amendment. Right,
1: issue. R- Richard, this has to be a killer for the the folks who do what you do.
0: It's—I mean, it's, a, it's, it's your major
1: a, source of revenue, your dues, and a lot of people are probably going to say, "Hey, you know, I don't have to pay well, dues." We
2: don't know how many people right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we there—I can get into it in a moment, but uh, many of the unions have been preparing this for for this for a year, year and a half. The case almost came forward, and it was uh, Friedrichs, Friedrichs versus California about 18, 19 months ago, and then. Antonin Scalia died, and it was a four-to-four four deadlock. So, we've been preparing as a labor movement, especially the public unions uh, or private unions that have significant public uh, employment contracts, mm-hmm. uh, for a year and a half, maybe even 20 months. And they're doing it by going to see all of their members, or as many of their members as they possibly can, and talking to them about the importance of having union, having a union. Uh, workplace, a a workplace with a collective bargaining agreement, which Mm -hmm. guarantees wages, benefits, and conditions. Uh, Of course, our concern about Janus is is multifold, and it's not just that certain people might drop away. That could happen. I just want to point out, too, that uh, there's statute in New York State that is actually saying to the unions, if somebody doesn't uh, pay an agency fee, that you don't have to represent them in contract disputes, which includes whether they're terminated or not, uh, or seniority, because uh, those are contract issues. Those are not. Yes. Those are not given under our, our statutes as a federal or state government. Those are not given. Uh, you could be terminated without cause, uh, without a union contract. It happens all the time. Or you could be terminated outside of, of seniority. or can be laid off outside of seniority without a union uh, uh, contract. And uh, if, uh, in under in New York State statute is now allowing for, uh, for the union to say to those people. We don't have to represent you. So,
1: so I guess I guess my question is: You've answered part of it. What's what's Plan B? I mean, the the it went against you, so you're gonna your your your, your union leaders, your fellow union mm-hmm. leaders, are going to talk to their members and point to try to educate them. This is why it's important you pay dues. We need it. But you're still going to have a lot of people.
2: That, we don't uh, we don't know that in New, York, in New York State. We don't know that. Yeah. Um, we do know. I would say that in states that uh, don't don't have public sector labor law, and there are. 22 mm-hmm. of them, or something, in the, uni- in the United States, and in states with low union density, like the Carolinas, like Mississippi, like Alabama, uh, some of the far uh, far western states, not the West Coast states, but Utah, 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 Idaho, Montana. I would say that those uh, those public sector unions could be in very grave trouble. I agree with that. I, I'm not convinced that we're in grave trouble here in New York State, and I'm. I'm absolutely not convinced that in western New York that we're in grave trouble. I think it means that we have to work differently than we've worked before. And I don't necessarily think, given that this is the reality now, that that's an impossible task. So uh, just by having the conversation I'm having with you right now, mm-hmm. pointing out to people that a labor agreement guarantees wages, benefits, and conditions, we don't have that
1: otherwise. But Peter, Peter, you've you've dealt with labor unions sure. from 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 the management side. You ha- you had uh, worked in the Corporation Counsel's office in the city of Buffalo, and and of course you're you're negotiating contracts, you're dealing with them. Um, what's what's your perspective on this? Yeah, how, how much do you think it's going to impact?
0: Well, I think I think Richard's absolutely correct. I think. The political climate of the last two years, and even going back even further when you look at, you know, the history back, you know, in Wisconsin, you know, yeah. you know, a half decade ago now, um, I think um, the labor movement. Uh, the,
1: the, the battle with Scott Walker. Exactly and, yes. right.
0: Exactly right. Uh, I think what uh, Richard is absolutely right. What you're seeing, what you've seen locally, at least, um, in my experience, is is a greater engagement with union leadership and its members. Mm-hmm. And that, and explaining and reaffirming the benefits that um, that representation provides um, and that you know that there's strength and solidarity in numbers and I think what really will determine how we go move forward is. Is maintaining that communication, and I think Richard is. is so, so are
1: you kind of looking at this optimistically? The glass is, is half full. It's crisis and opportunity. This is this is this. Yes, this is not uh, uh, great that this happened, but it gives us an opportunity to reconnect with. I our, don't know if I would our call it glass
2: half full, glass half yeah. empty. I would say that it. As what I said before, it presents the union movement with challenges that it hasn't had in the recent past, and uh, or for uh, in anybody's real memory. Um, and it makes uh, it makes us have to do our job even better and it and that by in and of itself is not necessarily well, talk to a me, terrible
1: thing talk to me as as probably the uh, leader in the uh, in the uh, labor movement locally as president of uh, the western New York area labor Federation Richard talk to me about the the uh, the state of uh, unions in in western New York
2: we still have a, a large percentage of of uh workplaces that have labor agreements. We have a large percentage of workers in in multiple industries. We have about 140 affiliated unions, and uh, that embraces, uh, the numbers vary from during different times of the year and based on the economy, 145,000, 135,000, sometimes 150,000 workers.
1: It's still a force to be reckoned with. In New York State, are we one of the... Um Bastions. Yeah, we're in the uh, we're in the
2: top five. We're in the top five.
1: And yes, it's a force to be reckoned with. Otherwise, uh, political leaders. Well, well, let me let me as as a as a politician (laughs) like myself, (laughs) Peter, as an elected leader, that has an impact.
0: There's there's no question. I'm I'm, you know, look, I grew up in a union household. Um, You know our, you know this community. uh, I think what makes this community um, great and special is the hardworking men and women that we have in this community. Uh, but I think it's also important. Maybe Richard can jump in mm-hmm. here. Is I think we far too often, um, for whatever reason, lump unions in altogether, and you know assume that every mm-hmm. every everybody that is a member of a labor organization is you know a public employee. I mean there are n- numerous yeah, private employees. Yeah. that help make this economy work who well, may be impacted well, well locally as
1: well. the auto workers are absolutely
0: huge. well the auto we have uh,
2: it, it, there are certain parts of the country where the union movement is majority public sector mm-hmm. in fact i would probably say across the whole country is a movement mm-hmm. we have more public sector workers now than we do private however in, in western new york that's not the case we're still about 60% private employment and about 40% public now the public unions play a very large role here. And I'm, I'm glad they're part of our Labor Federation. They play a valuable role, and I think they represent their people very, very well. But we still have a majority of, according to our uh, statistics, majority of our uh, uh, federated uh, members are in the um, private
1: sector. Mm-hmm. We have to take a break. When we come back, uh, Peter Savage, chairman of the Erie County Legislature, my co-host for this uh, segment, and, uh, Richard Lipsitz of the Western New York Area Labor Federation will still be here. We'll be, uh, talking about some more issues related to unions. We would invite your participation. If you want to get on board, give us a call. 803-0930, 803-0930. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome back. Kevin Hardwick, uh, sitting here with Peter Savage, chair of the Erie County Legislature and Western New York Area Labor Federation president uh, richard lipsitz Uh, we'd uh, love to have you on board we've got some people on hold we'll get to you shortly 8030930 is the number to call uh just uh one admonition it's kind of like don't feed the animals at the zoo uh i'm i'm told that a number of the people uh calling in are complimenting uh producer joe beamer for filling in for sandy beach the other day please uh, uh people his head is big enough uh so joe is there a petition out there the, uh, you're, you're, you did do a great job, by the way. I, I, I that, listened to part Kevin, of it. Kevin, thank you. I don't know about the petition, but uh, I appreciate all the great comments. Uh, please, please, refrain, refrain. It, and it is it, not going in to my In the end, head. it's not good for him. It's it is not, not going, good going for to our my show. head. Thank uh, you. Listen, uh, let me go or back Hockey to R- R- Richard, Richard Lipsitz, a uh, labor leader. Um, uh, the, the 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 Trump, uh, tariffs, you know, are in the news quite a bit. The trade wars we're in with China and, and, and uh, Canada and, and uh, our other allies. Um, you know, isn't this what, uh, uh, unions called for for years? Didn't they say that we had to protect our manufacturing base? I mean, I got to believe that this is, this is split. At least some people in the labor movement, because you would think that, uh, some, uh, some unions, perhaps the steel workers, would love to see Bethlehem Steel come well, back. Well, yeah, and so, and, well, and but any, others are, uh, are hurt by it. So, so
2: it's a complicated question. It's a big tent, it's, and it's a, it's a big tent. It's a complicated question. Um, and the idea that there were no union members who voted for Donald Trump is just wrong we We had about thirty five to forty percent we think of our mm-hmm. of our rank and file who did vote for uh, for uh, president trump and we we think that probably that 's up a little who uh, from those who voted for uh, Romney or McCain in the two previous elections so there is no question there is a, a big chunk of people. Are, are,
1: are some of these tariffs good or are they all bad? I, I,
2: I'm, I'm not an expert on tariffs. I can tell you this, that what we've fought for and we've wanted for the longest time is trade that makes sense for mm-hmm. not just uh, the United States, but for the whole world. And that includes uh, labor rights and standards in other countries, which would not encourage American capital to fly to another country, flee to another country where they could get Wages that are very substandard and no benefits and no regulations whatsoever.
1: Let, let me let me follow up on trade agreements. Uh, NAFTA. I mean, way back when I can remember, a lot of people in this area were upset were right. saying we're going to get. Well, actually, actually, when uh, during the early '90s, when the Bush administration, the H.W. Bush administration negotiated, and then the Clinton administration, mm-hmm. there was a transition, mm-hmm. came on board and mm-hmm. they they supported it. There were a lot of people saying, you know, that it would be good for this area because we're on the Canadian border. Other people were saying, no, it's gonna to hurt our manufacturing. Has NAFTA, in, in your view, as a labor leader, been good or bad for Western New York? NAFTA's hurt the industrial base of Western New York, period. Now, it's a more complicated
2: question than just a trade pact mm-hmm. being signed. Uh, industry was fly- fleeing Western New York before NAFTA in large numbers. The whole question of the maquiladoro section of the Mexican-American uh, border, where on the one side of the border, industrial plants, including charcoal, which had, in the tens of thousands of workers here, went down there, and instead of paying their people the equivalent at the time about $18 an hour, ended up paying the equivalent of about $2 to $3 an hour. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a, this is part of the story of de- deindustrialization, which is glossed over. is isn't talked about.
1: You, you've got a book about this, don't you? Or? Yeah, I did write okay. some things Just about it. Yeah. Available uh, on Amazon? Let's, no, let's it's look, not. No, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Peter, <laughs> Peter <laughs> say, do you have a copy of his book?
0: I If I could get it, I would have him sign it right now. I, I would, too. <laughs>
1: I'll get it to you if you want. All right, yeah. That's fine. The
0: point point is
2: that the question of trade, uh, cross-border trade, trade internationally, is completely bound up with labor standards throughout the world. If you have an unfair advantage in a country like Mexico, where the workers do not have uh, open uh, collective bargaining, do not have free trade unions, Obviously, capital might flee there in order to make it's, bigger
1: profits. It's also environmental standards, which Absolutely. I know that, that your your organization We're very is, is big on. It. Of
2: course, as we as we should, as everybody should be sure. concerned about. So, so I, I, I'm not trying to downplay that NAFTA hurt us. It did, but I, I, all I'm saying is it's a bigger question than that. And what uh, what concerns me personally about what uh, the president is doing with tariffs is, it's it is a trade war, and historically, wars. Real shooting wars are pre, are pre, uh, are, uh the trade war comes before the mm-hmm. actual shooting war. And that concerns me terribly because in a real shooting war, working class people are the ones who are going to have their children be uh, brought into the army. That's the history of things. And I, and I don't trust that this won't turn into that. And I think in fact, uh, it's going down a path that could lead to such a thing.
1: Scary. Uh, let's uh, let's go to the phones, 803-0930, 803 If you want to get on board, let's go first to Ed. Uh, Ed, thank you for holding. Thank you very much for taking my call. You're welcome.
3: This question
1: is directed to all you guys. Okay.
3: NAFTA, when it was called North America uh, Free Trade Agreement, should have been called the Fair Trade Agreement. That's number one. Number two, when it comes to unions... And the way they're being treated. Has the Supreme Court did they realize that this would also affect the basketball association, the football people, the hockey players, the American Medical Association? What about the lobbyists? Over forty four thousand in Washington. They represent people's interests and concerns also. And how 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 would the Supreme Court now? handle the situation, because this is going to backfire. And can anybody go before the Supreme Court and, and, and uh, bring the matter back up to the point? Maybe yeah. it, may, a- it might have made a mistake.
1: Ed, excellent, excellent questions. I saw a lot of smiles around the table, a lot of nodding heads. We'll, we'll go to the lawyer on our uh, panel, Peter Savage. You know,
0: I, I think he spoke to a lot. I think that spoke to part of my point was that, you know, people tend to think of labor organizations mm-hmm. as, you know, School teachers, you know, or public, you know, public employees, which, you know, sure. Uh, and leave out the fact that our industry, you know, there are organized labor in every facet of our economy. Uh, I think he gave um, maybe some, some examples. Uh, now, the AMA. Not, the, <laughs> I'm sure Richard would love to have those. The AM, here, by, by the way, the AMA, the
1: AMA for doctors is voluntary. You don't sure. have to be belong to the AMA. That's right. Be a doctor. Okay. Uh, R- Richard, thoughts on the on the question? It brings up some, some good points. Well, the, it's the for, thing the, that for would, the reaching. Right. Uh,
2: the, the question of what the Janus decision means, Janus versus Ask Me 31 of Illinois, isn't just limited, in my view, Mm -hmm. to the current now reconnoitering that the public unions are going to have to do, but it's related to what future decisions could come down, which will apply similar kind of standards to private sector unions. And when private sector unions are hit with the same kind of restrictions that now are being imposed because of Janus, now we risk the middle class, working class, living standard, Throughout the whole country, and well, I, we well, could get well, into that.
1: Well, well, was the Janus decision just limited to public sector yeah, unions? It was yes. okay. There must be, Peter. I, I I don't know if you know this. There must be a companion case, well, or there's well, a case working its way well, through the I'm, system.
0: I'm sure we're going to see a lot of follow-up litigation to this. i have already just, yeah. you know, looking this morning. I think there's you know class action suits already being right. brought in terms of trying to capture and recapture fees in the past. Um, but what I want to ask, Richard, can can you explain? You know, I, what you I think you're going to have
1: to hold that question until oh. after the break because I see Neil McManus uh, oh. a scowling at us across the We've way in the news booth. Yeah, he's. Uh, <laughs> He's ready to tell us the headlines uh, and uh, and that's important because we do that at the bottom of the hour but when we come back we'll still have half an hour uh, with uh, Western New York area labor Federation Richard Lipsitz with Peter Savage chair of the Erie County Legislature and my guest co-host today uh, we want you to get on board 8030930 uh, uh, is the number to call 8030930 I'm Kevin Hardwick. And welcome back to Hardline. This is Kevin Hardwick saying here with Western New York Area Labor Federation, President Richard Lipsitz, and my co-host for this hour, Peter Savage. Uh, 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 we have some, but before we go back to the calls, we've got some breaking news from the world of sports. Peter, uh, uh, Molly hit a home run.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you see, like, you catch me off air bragging about my kids. and now Yeah, the whole yeah. World, so uh,
1: you're so softball, we, right? We, at show show. Yeah,
0: we were at soft, we played Both my daughters played. Shoshone Park, Colonel North Park, from the best neighborhood in uh, the country, North Buffalo. All right. <laughs>
1: also represented by you in the county. But your daughter, Molly, hit a home run. She did. Is that her first?
0: That was her first.
1: One of was, many, I'm was. sure. Um, before we go back to the phones, uh, Richard, about uh, a month ago or so, a few weeks ago, uh I went to a memorial service for your father. Oh. Um, didn't know your dad, at least I don't think I did. But uh, from the memorial service, by the way, Maria White, deputy county executive, did a great job, kind of emceeing that. Um, what uh, What do I need to know about uh, about your dad? Now he he inspired you, I suppose, to get the position you have now.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, he was uh, a labor lawyer. He was the preeminent labor lawyer in uh, Western New York, and. Some people think the state, and, and he had national uh, reputation.
1: Argued a case before the Supreme Court. He won did. a case before he the did. Supreme he Court. Did. And, uh, could he have won it be- before the new court? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not.
3: <laughs>
2: well, I, I asked. I asked him things like that before he passed, and uh, you're right. He didn't think he could. No. Um, of course, it would depend on what the case was about. But he he uh, uh, practiced law for uh, sixty five to seventy years, and mainly in the field of labor. Relations, uh, union side, labor relations, mainly, but not completely. Peter, the
1: memorial service was at uh, was at Klein in one of those big rooms. There, mm-hmm. it was it was it was packed. I didn't know what to expect. Should I have been surprised? It was no. packed. I mean, he, he had quite. I, again, I'm not a lawyer. I didn't didn't know him. I didn't even re- make the connection until uh, until I heard about the yeah. memorial service.
0: As you should have expected it. Um, and I can say, having been on the receiving end, uh, I can say this respectfully of a couple <laughs> correspondents from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your late great dad. Um, mm-hmm. There was no better advocate for his for his clients than, than Mr. Lipsky. He was a client. serious man. He was, he was a, a true very, believer he was, he though, he was, in was, the a, cause. Yeah, he was a serious man.
1: Let's uh, speaking of uh, speaking of true believers. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to John and Rochester. John, uh, welcome to the program. Thank you for holding.
3: Hey, Kevin. Hey, hey. Richard. Hey, Peter. Listen. Uh, did I make a mistake in giving
1: Joe Deaver a compliment? His head, is his head getting that big? Uh, did, are you one of the offending ones? Because I'll cut you off right now. <laughs> My head is not getting big. That is fake news that Kevin <laughs> the, is. Uh, the, the, uh, I'll tell you, the head was pretty big to begin with. It's tough to, tough to tell if it's expanding.
3: Well, uh, I'm going to say it again. He did a great job. He
1: did do a great job. I'll agree with you.
3: On to the topic. You know, I'd be curious, uh, Richard, on, on uh, roughly is there a, a rule of thumb on what the public employees pay a percentage of their income toward mm-hmm. dues. And my second point is, I don't think uh, the Supreme Court will go back and rule against private unions uh, or non-public unions uh, because they're different animals. Uh, the, in the public sector, look at what's happened in New York State. I look at the public unions in New York State as like the mob. They have control over the legislators and uh, it's like the fox in the hen house, and uh, you're not going to see that in the private sector because uh, if they get too out of control in the private sector, uh, that business goes out of business. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: John, thank you for your question. I mean, he uh, Richard, he does make a point about uh, I, I wouldn't compare public sector unions to the mob, but, I mean, in terms of the clout that they have, they do have considerable clout, whether it's at the st- certainly at the state level. But even even Peter, you and I at the at the county level, public uh, sector employee unions it's, do have clout, it, 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 and, no, and and you know as you know, if I'm a, if I'm in that union, I want my union to have clout. There's no
2: sure. question that uh, public sector unions are active in the area of um, advocating for legislation. There's no question about that. Um, but so are private sector unions. And the thing that uh, that the, the, the uh, caller is uh, is asking, and the thing I'm concerned about, is that the precedent that's set by saying that any portion of your money that you give in the form of a, a dues or, in the case of an agency fee, uh, that goes towards, quote, political action, uh, would disqualify a, somehow a free speech uh, right. The, and that if you apply that uh, equally to the private sector, you could make an argument. The private sector unions also lobby, and we do. Uh, take the example of the pension issue for mm-hmm. the um for the Teamsters and some of the other um, building trades where their pension plans are, co- are covered by uh, a federal statute. Uh, obviously, uh, we want to make sure those pension plans are, are protected and are not uh, undermined or, and have a chance to provide people with what they were promised. Uh, we have to do some work with legislatures at various levels to make sure that takes place. The, the uh, camel's nose is now in the tent on this question because of Janus. And the undermining of the union as an organization which advocates for its members is now under attack. And I think that's the essence of what the concern should be for our labor movement. I'm not concerned that, uh, I'm I'm a little concerned public sector unions will lose some people. There's no doubt that that could happen as a result of this decision. But I'm not concerned that they won't make an effort to keep those folks. I'm much more concerned that we're not, we're going to be, uh, solely on the a path towards not being able to advocate except at the
1: bargaining table. Let, let me let me let me go off on a bit of a tangent and get a little personal here mm. and and uh, concerning concerning unions and their involvement and their attempts to um Influence legislators. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it seems, uh, and I don't think you would disagree, that most of your activity is on the Democratic side rather than the Republican side, pushing Democratic candidates. Is that a is that a function of just Republicans being uh, uh, being uh, anathema to, to to the union causes, or is uh, it? Uh, bear in mind, there's two things here.
2: When we endorse candidates, mm-hmm. we cannot use General Union money to give to candidates. Correct. That's all voluntary. This is completely misunderstood. Mm-hmm by literally millions and millions of tens of millions
1: but, of but, but I'm just saying in general, unions it, tend to back Democrat it's, candidates it's as been, opposed to it's Republicans. Been, it's
2: been the general trend uh, since uh, Reagan busted the uh, air traffic controllers. That's true. It is not the only trend. Uh, and you're a good example of why it's not the only trend, because there are Republican uh, uh, members of various legislatures, which uh, our movement has given endorsements to. Um, and we and I anticipate we're going to do some. And, more and
1: I don't want to be an ingrate because you did, <laughs> you did back me. I certainly don't want to be an ingrate. Uh, but it just I but mean, I mean the it's, it's, they're few and far between. I mean you're, you're, I mean, I, I mean uh, Pat Galvin is another one you've supported well, in, in Western the past New York. Hopefully. We have
2: given endorsements to a number of state senators, uh, county legislators, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and we and other level officials. Did
1: you endorse Peter Savage? Yes. Why? No, no. guys are something. All right. Let me, uh, let me uh, before the break, let me squeeze in one more call. Let's go to David in Lockport. David, welcome to the program. For Molly's sake. Thank you for holding. Good morning. Good morning, David.
4: And, and and Reagan busted so-called the union because they broke the law. And he said, if you break the law, I'm going to fire you.
1: They did go on strike.
4: It was against the mm-hmm. law for them to strike. But that is not why I called. And incidentally... Joe Beamer lost me when he played a, an, an intro music. Was it Debbie Gibson a couple weeks ago?
1: <laughs> that, was, that was in his 80s. You, you know, know you love it.
4: Oh, Joe, please, you lost me a little there. I'm, oh, my God. But okay.
1: Only a little. All right.
4: Uh, back to the Supreme Court. I got, I got a couple things, like uh, points I'd like to make. Okay. The, the Supreme Court has sort of evolved in, in the public as. It's being, you know, like a softball team. You you got four conservatives and you got four lefties mm-hmm. and Kennedy's the umpire. And that's not that, that is in no way what they're supposed to be. There's supposed to be nine constitutionalists defending our laws, just like everybody the president's supposed to take an oath to defend the constitution and the laws of our country. It's not supposed to be left and right and now we gotta get a middle. The left doesn't give a darn about a middle when they put the likes of uh, Buzzy Ginsburg on there. She was the lead attorney for the ACLU. I mean, I mean that's like us uh, Trump saying I'm going to put Wayne Lapierre on there. I mean, it's insane the way what? things have have evolved. And when it comes to the caterwauling about Garland, you know, I remember back when W nominated a, a genius woman named Janet Rogers Brown. The Democrats refused to give her an up and down vote. It was over four years. You,
1: you, you know, it's. Uh, I, I mean, what you're what you're saying. Uh, I mean, I think we can all identify with whoever's in power is going to use that power. It's just like the filibuster. You have yep. Democrats now complaining that the, you know Mitch McConnell he broke a tradition. Well, Democrats have done that before, and if po- and if Democrats get control again, there's no question the trend will continue. Plenty of plenty of hypocrisy, David, to go around. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure you're as shocked as I am.
4: There's not plenty of hypocrisy to go around. That's what uh, the left says when they want to moderate their guilt when they get caught with their hands in the cookie jar. They say there's plenty of guilt to go around. All right. This rule about Biden that the Biden mm-hmm. rule was we don't give an up or down vote during a presidential election year. And you don't want sure. to take that away from Biden because if he did come up with that rule, it's the first thing he came up with that wasn't plagiarized.
1: Yeah, no, no, there's no question. There's a there's a distinction between uh, a couple years ago and this year. Listen, David, uh, we're late for a break. That's- thank you for calling and thank you for listening. And feel free to call back sometime. Uh, that was David in Lockport. A line opens up if you want it. You can get it eight zero three zero nine thirty is the number. Of call. We got one more segment. Uh, in the meantime, I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio nine thirty. And welcome back to the program. One last segment with uh, Richard Lipsitz of the Western New York Labor Federation, uh, as well as Peter Savage of the Erie County Legislature. My co-host today, this is Kevin Hardwick. Back to the phones we go to a different Kevin, Kevin in Pendleton. Welcome to the program. Thanks for holding, Kevin.
5: Yeah, good, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Lipsitz, I have a question for you and your, your associate in the labor movement. Um, and my quick question, and one of my two questions is this. Um, why it took you guys like 20 years later to say how bad NAFTA nap, um, was for this country? And now we're mm-hmm. in the, this tune. But on top of that, too, um, you guys should be familiar with, it, with the statement um that it, uh, that it is impossible to bargain collectively with the government. And this wasn't Newt Gingrich or Ron Paul or Reagan or even Trump for that matter. Um, and as far as that statement is concerned, that was by your own George Meany, who was former president of the AFL-CIO. When um, government unions go on strike, you know, it, uh, when you look at it uh, from a borough perspective, they go on strike against the unions. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, FDI wasn't too keen about... Uh, federal. Sure. And
1: Kevin, I'm going to have to cut you short because we're short on time, but thanks for putting that on the table for us. That was Kevin in Pendleton. Uh, George we, Meany, there's a blast from the well, past. Well, let's talk
2: about Meany in a second. My, we'll my about, we'll dad
1: about, revered George Meany.
2: We'll talk about George Meany in a second. The, 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 the labor unions in the country opposed NAFTA, and in Buffalo, we had a rally, I can still remember it, at the Peace Bridge yep. as it was being mm. discussed. So he's wrong. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that uh, Meany can be wrong uh, on questions. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, de- he's deceased for a long time. Uh, the, uh, all of Western Europe, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, uh, all have public sector unions in almost 100%. And they George
1: did, Meany, that was, a, that was a guy That was a guy with some power. I mean, that was when unions really had
2: power. Well I would say that we had more power even before him. Uh, but this this has to, this gets into some very detailed sure. questions having to do with Taft Hartley and and other things mm-hmm. that weakened our labor movement, including deindustrialization. But I, I just think he's I, I think he's uh, wrong uh, that by as a matter of principle that public employees shouldn't have the right to have uh, self-organization and collective bargaining.
1: Let me uh, let me turn our focus in the last few minutes back to uh, uh, New York State politics, <laughs> uh, specifically about one of the political parties, one of the minor parties, the Working Families Party. Which was started up. Correct me if I'm wrong, Peter. Is kind of a kind of a place for for unions to put their put their votes. Now there's this there's been a been a, a tenuous relationship with Governor Cuomo, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the Working Families Party has uh, has endorsed Cynthia Nixon. Correct? That hasn't changed. This, this is um,
2: it. It did.
1: A, and and that's got. Cuomo talking about at least at the time he was talking about maybe creating his own labor type party and well, me, getting rid of the be trying to trying to bring the downfall of the right. Working Families Party.
2: Let me let me be clear on a couple of things. The the Western New York area labor Federation is not a political party.
1: Of course, and we we are yes. not
2: allied. Thank with, you. We are not actually you. allied. You made the point that we in, have endorsed historically more Democrats than Republicans in the recent mm-hmm. period, and I agree with that. Um, that but we are not a political party ourselves. So, therefore, we had never had an official relationship with working families. Some of our affiliates have had, affiliates being some of the bigger unions in New York State,
1: but, they, but, and they helped to form But that being said, yes, but the but the working families party was the labor, you know, type it, party.
2: It, it, was a, it was a party that was created, in, and I wasn't there at the creation of it, and I'm, I've never actually been a member mm-hmm. of it, but it was a party that was created to provide for an alternative to the regular democrats uh, from a labor from a working class perspective yes
1: is there now though a split within the labor movement regarding the Working Families Party, and whether to back its no, candidates or no, not.
2: No, I don't think that. I don't think cer- certainly
1: here in Western New York, they're still strong. I mean, you have some some great people. I'm familiar with some of them. One of the upstate organizer Jesse Lenny, I have him into my class right. all the time with Ralph Larigo, the conservative chairman. You know, and they 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 there's some great chemistry there. Really, they they they're totally 180 degrees apart when it comes to politics, but they're they're both nice people and they do a nice job. Right um so where uh, peter can you uh you, you know you're close to it too i'm sure
0: i i i don't when you say a split i don't, I don't think that's the case i think yeah. you know you know they're i think like a lot in the last 10 years uh i think the working families party has evolved um as uh richard said it's a working class party and that's evolved into issues beyond uh just i would say i think it's unfair to the party to say it's the labor party i think it's far more than that i think it's Environmental justice, I think it's social justice, and I think it's you know fair workers and human rights, uh, locally and, and uh, around the state. Uh, in terms of, of, of where we go from here, uh, I think this is kind of an interesting point in terms of of in a post Trump world, which might mm-hmm. be, might be, need a full show devoted to this. But in a post Trump world, there is a far greater activism on the left in term, and, not, and holding candidates, Democrats, especially, mm-hmm. more accountable to fight for the issues that are important to working class people. And as a result of that, you see far great activism within the local yeah. parties itself. I think Peter's <laughs> right.
1: From a political, from a grassroots political, practical politics standpoint, though, Peter, um, the Working Families Party is the second line, the minor line that Democrat candidates tend to gravitate towards in the same way that Republicans. All things being equal, end up on the conservative sure. line, and that's not to say that there haven't been Democrats on the conservative line. But mo- most of the time, they'll back the Republican candidate. All yeah, things being equal,
2: I think that I think that's the yeah. I and you don't
1: you don't see that anything happening with this schism or this uh, this chif with, uh, with no. Cuomo, I think it's over. Uh, it's, it's over uh, it's, having any impact on that. No,
2: we'll see. We'll see whether or not as it plays out in the fall. Uh, whether the, this turns into something bigger than it is. Right
1: now. Got about 30 seconds left, Richard. How big is this fall in terms of in terms of the national well, dynamic, nationally, elections? Nationally, I yeah. can tell you that I think it's it's crucial
2: uh, that there's not a um, – oh, that the Congress is switched from Republican to Democratic so that it becomes a bulwark against – we didn't get in this today – so many of the things that Donald Trump is doing.
1: That'll have to be the topic for another show. I want to thank my guests for this last hour. Peter... Savage, chairman of the Erie County Legislature, for co-hosting with me. Richard Lipsitz, the uh, president of the Western New York Area Labor Federation. Thank you all for for joining us. Thank you for uh, to Joe Beamer for uh, for helping us out. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new
0: iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s?
1: It's better over
0: here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.